You ever felt stuck in the past? Do you get upset and use food to distract yourself or numb it, but still feel upset afterwards? Maybe what you think, feel, and do all get connected in a big fat circle. Listen as Dr. Cashy discusses how you can change responses and overwrite old conditioning with constructive and rational training. Practical problems mandate practical solutions. Rule the intro! Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Lots of stuff going on today. We'll see how the fumbling with the tech goes, so your patience, please. <laughs> uh, on today's episode, the, the Tabitha case study chronicles continue. Ah, now that Tabitha's gritty stuff um, was more or less resolved, the, the perpetual motion device that uh, she had kept her past problems alive in the present, right? That is more or less resolved, okay? She can get onto the fun stuff, right? Finally, the fun stuff. So here's a quick recap. Um, even though the stressor, even though the stressor has come and gone some time ago, the original stressor, right? The thing that happened, uh, the adult self, right? Even though if that thing happened when you're a kid, the adult self still perpetuates it by thinking about it, remembering it, imagining it, what could have happened, what should have happened, what may happen, and then getting upset with herself about these imaginary conditions, which then she dealt with by distracting herself with, with tools like food, okay? And Tabitha beat the demons causing her binge eating, and you can too, okay? But first, here is what you are learning. The whiteboard of wisdom is on vacation. Again, I do have this though. Wonder if this will, whoop, yeah, all right, nice. The button worked. Now here's what you're learning. We're gonna be using, we're gonna be using the SRO model a lot today, so I'm gonna keep this up. What we are learning today, again, is what the space between stimulus and response what that really, what that really consists of? What is really here? What is really here? What is that? What is that space between, practically, anyway? And now that, now that Tabitha has, Tabitha has resolved the main thinking problem, right? She can now fight fire with fire, <laughs> okay? Acting in direct conflict with her self-sabotage and binge eating on purpose. Okay, fighting fire with fire. And then finally, what Dr. Kashi recommended as that fire. What Dr. Kashi recommended as that fire. Ooh, this is so exciting. This is so exciting. Okay. All right, time to hop, hop back in. That reminds me, uh, if you're interested in learning how to fight fire with fire, then throw down a hashtag fire in the comments and suit up. Suit up, fun play on words here. Time to hop right back into Tabitha's, Tabitha's case study formulation. When Tabitha remembered something ugly, Okay, actually, may as well just go right back. When Tabitha remembered something ugly, okay, or as time went on, started imagining ugly things, the rage boiled, the rage boiled, the rage boiled, and she exhausted herself at the futility of her rage. She became depressed and then used that depression, processing it here, to act, to act in frank terms foolishly. Hmm? And now, what she's doing then is to act in direct conflict with what she desperately wanted, 
resulting in a negative and destructive outcome, which then re-stimulates her to do the thing all over again, when all she wants is to have her mind and body firing on all cylinders. And this is, this is some, some conflict going on here. So what does that really mean? It means what you feel, what you think, and what you do are all connected to each other in a relatively circular way. I wonder if I can... Boop. Let's see if this is connected here properly. My handwriting is pretty gross. Okay, this looks like my handwriting is pretty bad here, but it still should work out okay. It means what you feel, what you think, and what you do are all connected to each other in a circular way. Think, feel, and decide, and the response here is what you do. So, in the SRO model, in the SRO model, it's stimulus, right, response, and then the outcome is down here. The outcome is down here, right? Now, in the, I guess I can just go back to that. Excuse me. Beep, 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 beep. Here, this is a fun version. Cool. In the SRO model, there's stimulus and response and outcome. Right? The stimulus, something that blocks you from what you want. The response is you do something about it or sometimes because of it. And that something you do might be nothing because doing nothing is conscious. And then there's the outcome. There's the outcome, which is the combination of the result, which is positive or negative, and the outlook, which is constructive or destructive, respectively. And it turns out in the short term, the results are whatever. It's your outlook on the results that end up helping or hurting you. Why? Because you can have a bad outlook on good results and a good outlook on bad results. In this regard, good results can still harm you in the context of possibly perfectionism or extreme arrogance. And bad results can still help you in the context of, well, I learned from this and I can do better next time. So I hope that makes sense. And it's the outlook, right? The outlook may end up blocking you from what you want. So if your outlook here is overall destructive, even if you get positive results, this can then re-stimulate you and the process starts over. So you can get positive results in a crappy outlook and still have it still have it restart this thing all over, which is what happens a lot. The results might have been good, but not good enough or whatever, okay? It doesn't count, okay? This means that acting in direct conflict with your silly beliefs and foolish demands and your distorted thoughts arising from them. You gotta eventually act against it. You can think a lot, eventually you gotta act. And this means focusing on what Dr. Victor, Dr. Victor Frankl calls the space between stimulus and response. So when you zoom in here, that's what I was showing you before, when you zoom in here, that portion of the SRO model looks like, I could organize this better, that's okay. <clears throat> Boop. When you zoom into that portion of the SRO model, you have this. Oops, that's okay. The stimulus, and then the response is green. Boop, okay. You have stimulus, and then you have think, feel, and decide. Stimulus, think, feel, and decide, and then that circulates within itself, and then eventually what you decide leads to a response, okay? And if you compare it to the scientific method, this is your hypothesis formulation and experimental design. Imagine that, okay? Now, of course, your underlying beliefs, right, end up influencing your initial thoughts about being blocked what you want, but that's for another cup of joe, right? So you get stimulated. You're blocked from something you want. If this blockage is greater than your tolerance to frustration, then your thoughts about the blockages are more likely to be distorted. 
Hmm. And distorted thinking leads to, leads to negative feelings. Negative feelings lead to more impulsive decisions. And more impulsive decisions lead probabilistically to more self-sabotaging responses. <laughs> okay? And the results of a self-sabotaging response, positive or negative, right? Because, you know, anything can happen, right? Positive or negative. But in the context of this, uh, it's safe to assume that the results are probably going to be negative, which are further from what you want. Where a positive result is when you get closer to what you want, and a negative result is getting further away from what you want. Ooh, I may have covered this up, okay? This is hypothesis formulation and experimental design when you're comparing it to the scientific method, by the way, all right? Now, <clears throat> at such time, you're faced with a choice. There's a fork in the road. So your results are, are what they are. They're either getting you closer or further away. However, now you have a choice of how do I interpret these results? And this is the outlook. This is why the outcome is the combination of your results, what ends up coming of the response, and your outlook, how you interpret it. And this means that your outlook on the outcome, your outlook on the results, can be constructive or destructive. In other words, do I use these results to make myself better, which is a constructive outlook, or do I use these results to damn myself? A destructive outlook. A destructive outlook. And this determines the overall outcome of. Do do do. Move up here again. <clears throat> One second. Boop. This determines the overall outcome O. This guy, right? Negative, it could be negative and destructive or negative and constructive. So negative and destructive would be self-judging, self-damning, defeatism, disasters, etc. You reinforce, you reinforce the distorted beliefs and other foolishness, which leads to a lower tolerance to frustration. And that means it's easier to re-stimulate yourself with the same crap again later. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Now, the other option is to have a negative result. Yeah, okay, I'm further from what I want, but you have a constructive outlook on the negative result. This is growth, adaptation, also known as resilience. You consider the process, learning from the negative result, and then improve it for next time. You gain mastery over yourself, leading to a higher frustration tolerance. And so that is the difference between a constructive negative outlook and a destructive negative or constructive negative outcome and a destructive negative outcome is whether or not you allow it to increase your tolerance to frustration or decrease your tolerance to frustration. I hope that makes sense. It's huge. It's huge. And here's where the nuggets are. Here's where the nuggets are right here. So although Tabitha understood and, and immediately dumped the idea, amazingly, by the way, that she was choosing to make herself miserable and binge in the present, rather than the ghosts of her past exhibiting some form of supernatural mind control, that still left us both with the next problem to contend with. And that is essentially that she taught herself, yes, taught herself, to use food as a way to deal with stress. Originally, as a logical way to distract from atrocious abuse in the past, and it was now a way for her to deal with stress of all types, even the slightest annoyances. So what may have served her then, logically, was obviously hurting her now terribly, judging by her chronic dieting, massive body weight gain, and other relatively morbid physical health conditions, which now obviously are feeding back into her mental health, okay? So now that the major mechanism perpetuating her current self-sabotage had been resolved, 
you know, up here, which was essentially making ludicrous demands of, of a, the past version of herself as a child, she was in a much better position to fight fire with fire. Why? Again, because her distorted beliefs that fueled her self-sabotaging behavior are now relatively straight. And this means she's only left with this Pavlovian style conditioning where if I feel this way, then I do this thing. And you do that 10 million times and then it, you know, it ends up feels like it happens automatically. It feels like that. But the reality, the space between stimulus and response, that space just shrinks, right? The, the more reinforced the behavior is first, the more re reinforced the response is to a stimulus, the smaller this space becomes, the space is still there. There's still feelings, thoughts, and decisions. It's still there. That's very important, even when it's freakishly reinforced. And that is since she trained herself her entire life to create, she's creating eating impulses as a response to negative stimuli, okay? As a response to negative stimuli, although it is frustrating now, she can train herself to eat one way, which she has, impulsively. She can train herself to eat another way, rationally and constructively. Ring any bells for you vets here? This is where Dr. Cash's, Dr. Cash's hierarchy of constructive eating comes into play. Uh, it's all coming together, okay? Which y'all learned about in great detail in the weeks back, and if you want a refresher on that material, then make sure to comment on it, okay? Remember, there's enough, which is getting enough food for her, and this is where calibration helped her most. And then there's patterns, which is getting enough food for her every day in a regular and regulated way. This is where the main focus ended up being. That's where she was now. And that started for her after calibration. Most people actually during this time, calibration is where they start incorporating that. She's in a special condition, obviously. And this is also where we incorporate the milestone method of meal planning, which is also covered in that hierarchy series. And the rest are of course, balance, variety and novelty. And that stuff comes further along down the line, obviously. And you see why TKN is truly a comprehensive system? All your bases are covered all the time. Anyway, basically Tabitha is now in a position to fight fire with fire. With the major thinking problem under control, she can now act against her practical problem practically. Hmm. Using, <clears throat> using, I guess, practical solutions with her new, more effective belief system and philosophy, which is paraphrased essentially as, since I have the power to choose, I therefore have the power to refuse. Yeah, since she realized she's choosing to make the decision she was doing now, she can also choose to refuse. She can also refuse to do all the crap that was making her miserable and crappy now, okay? Uh, the therefore actually is also super important because it adds an, an air of satirical erudition, which is most important when speaking philosophically, by the way. <laughs> therefore, right? Uh, but now we're beyond the philosophy and into the violence. <laughs> Behavioral scientists have shown empirically for, gosh, maybe 85 years now, right? Ellis, Wolpe, Eisenick, Eisenick, Marx, Bandura, Rackman, Skinner, Pavlov even, and other behavior scientists later, they asserted sometimes that it's best or the only way to legitimately change a rigid belief is to force yourself to act against it. One time, no. Over and over and over and over and over. The way that you created the original reinforced belief over and over and over. You got to do it the other way over and over and over too. Except this time you're doing it rationally and constructively. It's rational and constructive violence. 
Trademark. <laughs> so if Tabitha trained herself to eat at the slightest annoyance and the smallest frustration, or even at the idea of being frustrated or disturbed, this is also common. That's right. She started eating because she made herself upset at the idea of being upset, which is essentially what anxiety is mostly, by the way. Tabitha and I brainstormed on the best way to act against this rigid idea that she must eat and that she has a dire need to use food as her security blanket, that she needs it or else. Or like, that's pretty, that's rigid, right? In other words, there was confusion between urgency, her urges, her action tendencies, her urgency, something that creates an urge, and an emergency, which is something that requires a trained specialist to intervene or dire consequences result, right? It's easy to confuse the two because urges can be very strong, even if it is very low emergency. <laughs> it is very low importance and very high urgency, like a text message. Bing, I gotta check it right now or else, right? That's to steal, I think, Covey's language, all right? All right, so what does that mean? It means using the scientific method, aha, uh -huh, to test if dire consequences result. If she gets stressed out, feels the obnoxious urge to eat, and then did nothing. Nothing, because nothing is purposeful. It is conscious. You have to consciously do nothing, okay? That's right, Tabitha and Dr. Kashi decided to play the Hunger Games. Decided to play the Hunger Games, and Tabitha would have a normal dinner, okay? Then she would sleep for the night, and then have water and some salt and vitamins the next day, after cleared from her GP, and sleep through the night one more time, and then have a normal breakfast. Night, day, night, approximately 36 hours of fasting, one full day, and two nights. This is the ultimate way to test her rigid and distorted belief that food is an, is an emergency need under times of stress. Time to put her, her hypothesis to the test. And Dr. Cashy would be available for Tabitha the entire freaking time because he does weird stuff like that. <laughs> okay? That's, that's how you fight fire with fire. How about that? <laughs> so here's what you've learned. That the space between stimulus and response muted myself. The space between stimulus and response here, this actually consists of circular interaction between thinking, feeling, and acting, and that is fed by two different things. One, the stimulus, the thing blocking you from what you want, and two, the belief system, okay? And now that she resolved the main thinking problem, pew, now that she resolved the main thinking problem, she can fight fire with fire, acting in direct conflict with her self-sabotage and binge-eating on purpose and with purpose and with logic and reason and measurements and iteration and systems and all these amazing things that make everything better, <laughs> okay? And again, what Dr. Kashi recommended as the fire, finally a gosh darn transition from the cognitive side to the behavior side, right? The most annoying and frustrating and stressful and terrible anxious thing Tabitha and Dr. Kashi could think of safely doing in a relatively controlled way to act against her distorted and dire need to eat and binge at the slightest annoyance is the exact opposite of eating. The Hunger Games. <laughs> in conclusion here, if this made sense to you and you if this made sense to you and you see the value in fighting fire with fire, then throw down a hashtag fire in the comments and suit up. Wanna continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out. <laughs>